William Cook and Charles Wheatstone were the British inventors in the 1830s who created the amazing breakthrough technology of the electric telegraph system. Now back in those days that was a big, big deal. Today it seems obviously like, uh, well, it was just the beginning of what we uh, we experience now. Uh, if people could communicate, actually communicate across miles without physically being there or sending a, a person um, or a message with a person to physically be there. And, and so uh, that technology just spread and uh, over and over again this, uh, this uh, telegram, sending telegrams is just amazing stuff uh, and you got the Morse code and the uh, dot 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 and all those kinds of things uh, and, and that was great stuff except people started dreading getting telegrams because usually it was bad news. Uh, someone died or there was an accident or there was a sickness spreading or, or a, a war had begun. And so the news that was spread most of the time through the telegram were, was bad news. Tragic news in short phrases is hard to receive. About a hundred years after it was invented, in the 1930s, the 1930s, Western Union uh, began offering singing telegrams uh, as a way of uh, receiving news in a, in a little bit, uh, more fun way, I guess. Uh, receiving messages turned out to be something more exciting, uh, more, more popular. The first singing telegram was actually sung over the phone uh, by, and this is, this is the truth, uh, the Western Union operator that sang the first one was called Lucille Lips. Lucy Lips, I guess, or Lucy, uh, anyway. Um, loose Lips Sink Ships, I think. But anyway, so she sang the first the first uh, singing telegram. And for a while there, it was fun to, uh, to receive these messages uh, sent with creativity and, and fun and flair and, and fanfare, maybe a little embarrassment at times, like we just saw a second ago. Uh, of course, now we have many ways of sending messages, right? We, we can, we can uh, send messages instantly around the world with, uh, with the technology that we have. We can uh, email and text, and, and of course, we can talk on the phone, um, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, all, all that stuff. We can, uh, the telegraph just seems obsolete, right? I'm, I'm always trying to communicate with flair. I mean, this is usually, uh, how I, uh, how I communicate with flair. Maybe that's the new singing telegram without any words, right? Uh, for those of you that don't know, those are emojis and, um, and you can communicate how you're feeling without any words. Uh, uh, I don't think that, um, that, 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 well, God uses flair, I think, at times to send us messages to. Now, he doesn't send texts or emojis or, uh, or even singing telegrams of people dressed in Santa Claus tights, right? Um, but especially at the Christmas time, uh, we can see that, uh, that God uses flair uh, to send uh, the messages that he has for his people. Uh, this, this Advent season, we're looking at the call of Christmas. Uh, it, and as it came from the angelic messengers sent directly by God to pronounce Jesus' birth. Um, if you do a little search for, uh, for, uh, on Google for angelic encounters, you'll get, you know, over a million hits, right? Uh, uh, there are, there are, um, 
literally millions of, of, uh, of ways that people say that they have encountered angels at times. Uh, historians literally have, have uh, uh, throughout history, uh, have, have recounted that, uh, that all, virtually all nations and cultures uh, have had some type of belief in angels for, for centuries. Um, across those centuries, uh, across cultures, uh, across religions, angels seem to be a common thread. Somehow, uh, angels have been prominent in art through the ages, uh, usually depicted with glowing robes and, uh, and, and wings on their back and halos. There's, there's, uh, the, the angels are an icon of, of goodness and holiness, uh, whispering in one ear, right, while the devil's whispering in the other. We have that image, right? Uh, it's, it's not uncommon today to hear angels, to see angels referenced and, and even featured in, in movies and, and TV shows, especially at Christmas. It's popular to see angels depicted in, in various ways. Uh, we all know that every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings, right? Actually, maybe you knew this, maybe you didn't, but actually there's no biblical evidence that angels have wings, and uh, or any evidence that they would need a bell to ring in order to earn their wings. Uh, the, the, all of that's. Uh, it, it's also not biblical that people become angels when they die. Maybe you knew that. Maybe you didn't. But uh, angels are are, uh, are are one type of being. Humans are another, and one doesn't turn into the other. Uh, all these things are kind of twisted around as we as we uh, you know things have been depicted about angels over the years. But the Bible does talk a lot about it. Over three hundred times in in Scripture, uh, there there are uh, angels appearing or, or talked about. Uh, um, and, and they are primarily God's messengers. Uh, they, they have a message from God. Angels are beings who live in the presence of God. And, uh, and, and uh, occasionally they bring messages from God to humanity. At times, angels are even described as ministering to or helping uh, humanity. Uh, at least twice, Jesus, uh, it says in the Gospels, was, was helped by angels, ministering angels. Uh, even while he was living on earth. Psalm 91 says that God's angels will guard us in all of our ways. So we have this little foo-foo uh, view of angels at times with the wings and all this stuff. But, but really, the this, this scriptural picture is more of a, 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 a messenger and a guardian or a warrior. Uh, in Hebrews 13, it says that there are times we might even be helping angels uh, without even knowing it. Uh, um, I heard that we actually had uh, a, an angel encounter here last week. Uh, uh, and uh, I wasn't even even aware of that. We had a big orange uh, angel uh, here last week, I guess. Um, right, Brian? Okay. So, but over over the, uh, the over the next few weeks before Christmas, we'll be looking at these angelic encounters uh, and the messages or the calls of Christmas that they brought to uh, to to the people uh, in that first Christmas. Uh, the, there are four specific angelic encounters in the story of Christmas. Uh, you, you saw a video last week uh, of, of, uh, recounting the, the first, Gabriel's uh, encounter with Zechariah in the temple, uh, it, breaking God's silence. 400 years, God didn't speak uh, to, uh, to anyone. God didn't encounter humanity. And then uh, Gabriel appears in the Holy of Holies to Zechariah. Uh, Zechariah at first didn't, didn't uh, believe him. Uh, he struck dumb until John the Baptist is born. Zechariah received... A, one of these calls of Christmas, uh, and, uh, and, and it was a call to prepare. It was this call of, of hope, this call of preparation that, that John the Baptist is coming to prepare the way of the Lord. Today we're going to look at the next call of Christmas, also from Luke chapter 1. 
when Gabriel appeared to a young girl named Mary. Mary was called by God through the angel Gabriel to provide the way for Jesus to come to earth as a helpless baby. She was called to literally give up access to her own body, right? So that, so that God could create the miraculous within her. All right. Little weird story, right? Little, little odd. Uh, we've we've kind of come to to just uh, believe that, but it's uh, it's literally miraculous. Uh, it seems impossible, and, and although it, it it so many things in in this angelic encounter seemed impossible, Mary said yes, and that changed everything. There, there are many impossibilities in this in this uh, this uh, encounter that that could have gone through Mary's head, even as she was encountering this, this angel, that she would have to deal with. Uh, it, it just, just seemed impossible that, that uh, literally she could carry a child having never been with a man, right? And, and so it was impossible that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son. Uh, it, it seemed impossible, would have seemed impossible to her that, that Joseph would, would follow through with, uh, with her marriage after uh, seeing that, uh, that, that she was tainted in this way. I certainly wouldn't believe this encounter with an angel. Impossible. Uh, it seemed impossible that she would be the one chosen. If if those things uh, would happen, it would seem impossible that she was just this this uh, this lowly uh, girl from this this obscure little town of Nazareth. And yet, uh, and yet, that's what the angel said. It seemed impossible. Uh, it would certainly have seemed impossible that uh, that she would avoid judgment uh, by her community, by her family. Uh, literally, could even uh, result in in her death, uh, having uh, broken her marriage vows, as it would appear. Uh, it would seem impossible. The angel, as as if, if we read in the biblical account, the angel told her about her her uh, relative Elizabeth, who uh, who has was old age. Uh, it says very old, and yet uh, she had uh, she had conceived and uh, was going to bear. It's impossible. Uh, literally, just the whole deal. God coming to earth, interacting with humanity, becoming human, would have been impossible. It's a story of impossibilities. Uh, I mean. We can kind of relate to that. We can, uh, we can, we can relate to uh, impossible things in our world. Things that, that maybe we pray for, uh, that we hope for, that we, we uh, maybe want to happen, but, uh, but we're in the back of our minds going, ah, it's impossible. I mean, we pray for, especially at this time of year, we pray for peace on earth, right? But, I mean, is that really... I mean, that seems impossible. We, we pray for revival in our country, revival in our city, revi- and, and yet in the back of our minds we see evidence to the fact that it just seems like it's impossible and people aren't going to turn around and pe- the things are only getting worse and it just seems impossible. Uh, some of the relationships that we have in our lives that, that may seem strained or broken and we pray for those things to be revived and restored and we've done everything we can do but it just seems like it's impossible. Uh, things seem uh, impossible as we pray for friends or relatives to, uh, to, to come to a, a saving knowledge of God. And uh, we've prayed perhaps for years, and it just seems like it's something that's never going to happen. I, I, the list can go on and on. Breaking an addiction, overcoming past hurts, uh, uh, being healed physically, being healed emotionally, uh, on and on and on. There are impossibilities in our World and many of us find ourselves with the with the same question burning in our thoughts that Mary asked the angel on that day in uh, in Luke chapter one, where she said, "How will this be? 
Okay, this all sounds great and everything, but, but uh, how can this be? In other words, she's asking, and I think at times we ask, how can the impossible become possible? Part of the answer, I think, is found in that word itself, impossible. Uh, it, the, uh, the, the root word is obviously possible, and then uh, to, to make it negative, we put that negative prefix, uh, prefix on the front of it, impossible. Possible. So the word possible uh, is the same root word in the original language for power. So uh, uh, the, the possible is actually the, comes from the same root word for power. So we put that impossible and we put that negative prefix on the front, then it means without power. So if something is impossible, it's without power. It, it, it's without the power needed to make it happen. And so when Mary asks, how will this be? The angel answers with words and images of power. I mean, all throughout the text, uh, in verse 32, he talks about, uh, the, he uses the word great and, and most high and the Lord God uh, and the, the throne of his father David. Uh, things that were, were powerful and, and, and seen as, as with much strength. In verse 3, he talks about uh, this, this baby reigning and his kingdom would never end. Uh, in, in verse 35, the angel talks about the power of the most high God the Son of God will literally be uh, who this baby is. How can the impossible become possible? How can this be? The power of the Most High will overshadow you, the angel said to Gabriel, or Gabriel said to Mary. The impossible will be made possible as the power of God himself was to be unleashed in Mary's life. God was going to act within her and through her to bring his son to the world. God's son was going to come and make his dwelling among them, literally make his dwelling at first within her and then among them. Uh, Mary just needed to provide her life. God would provide the power. So Mary asked, how will this be? And the angel described how the the Most High God was going to to, to bring it about. And then, as if to put the final exclamation point on the entire situation, at the risk of sounding redundant, Gabriel says to Mary, for nothing is impossible with God. But it never would have happened if Mary had said no. She could have. Mary could have said, no thanks. Thanks. Mary could have considered all of the impossibilities and the hardships and, and declined the call to provide a way for the Messiah. She could have gotten out her list of pros and cons, positives and negatives, right? And, uh, and the evidence would have been stacked uh, almost exclusively in the negative column. She would have seen that this probably didn't have the greatest outcome for her. And it was completely different than what she had planned for her life. And so she could have said no to the impossible. It would have been easier. Submitting to God's authority and his direction for her life was, was going to mean difficulty and problems. She could foresee a few of those things. She had no idea what was in store and the difficulties that were going to come. She could have said no. You probably would have said no. I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything, but I know I probably would have said no. I mean, Mary could have said, yeah, I've got a decent thing going here, and I don't want to mess it up. But Mary didn't do that. It it doesn't appear that she uh, even made a list or checked it twice. Uh, She simply submitted to the plans of God for her life. She provided a way for God to come to earth. 
to encounter humanity. Mary's call was a call to submit, a call to obey, a call to provide whatever God asked. You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. God has a plan in store to use you, to provide a way so that the impossible will become possible and you are going to be used mightily by God. Mary, just provide a way. Submit to me. And she said yes. There, there are many interesting parallels. If you've, uh, uh, if you've looked at all and probably have heard over the years the story of Zechariah and the, the same angel Gabriel appearing to Zechariah in, in the temple and this, uh, this angel Gabriel appearing to Mary um, within six months of each other. And, and in each of these, uh, there, there are many similarities there. This, this angel, the same angel, announces to each of them the birth of a son. And the, the, the son that was announced is going to play a crucial role in God's plan. Uh, this this uh, son was named by the angel. Uh, you will call him John. His name will be Jesus. Uh, he's going to be born under impossible circumstances on the one side uh, of, of old age and the other side a virgin. Uh, however, in spite of these parallels, there are some significant differences as well Uh, it's the difference between a messenger and a messiah so John wasn't the messiah although some people uh, mistook him for the messiah uh, as he grew up but but John was to be the prophetic messenger Jesus was to be the messiah pretty significant uh, uh, distinction we need to make Uh, there is that distinction of old age versus virgin birth John was born to an older couple Uh, again it says very old Uh, they, they, they were beyond normal childbearing years Jesus was born of a young virgin both impossible at opposite ends, uh, but at opposite ends of the life cycle. And, and then you've got the difference between the priest of God and the servant of the Lord. Zechariah, the priest of God, uh, Mary, who identified herself as, I am the Lord's servant. Uh, they had different responses to Gabriel's news. Uh, each of them initially was troubled, afraid, uh, questioned how such a thing could be, uh, but Zechariah uh, didn't trust uh, that process and was struck dumb for his unbelief. Mary, by contrast, said, I am the Lord's servant. She believed and she embraced the call of God, the call to provide a way. And that's really the crux of this of, of Mary's story. Uh, she responded with trust and submission to God's will. Uh, verse 38, she says, may it be to me as you have said. Uh, she did that in verse 38 because she believed what the angel had already proclaimed in, in verse 37, nothing is impossible with God. So the angel explains all this and how it's all going to happen and says nothing is impossible with God. And because she believed that with all of her heart, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So that's the story a couple thousand years ago. Let's bring it to today for us. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's an impossible situation that, uh, that you just have to have God's intervention and power and blessing for. You've prayed and, and you're, you're trusting and believing that God's going to come through. And I guess I could, I could go right here in this part of the message and I could say, just believe enough and God's going to come through just like he did with Mary. But I, it's not the message of this story. The call of Christmas that we see in Mary's angelic counter is not one of Mary bringing her plans and her situation to God and and demanding his power to intervene. God, I've got this and you need to do something about it. I've got an impossible situation, God. Uh, come Come and make this 
Make this ball better. That's, that's not what's, what's happening here. Uh, I think too often we do that, though. We come to God with our seemingly impossible situations, and then uh, we wonder why he doesn't just unleash his power and, and, and make it all right. If I can demand God's power, then who is God? It means that if I can demand God to do something, then that means I'm actually uh, on more authority than God is. But God doesn't have to obey my commands. He doesn't have to obey your commands. God is God and there is no other. Uh, the, the secret of God's power being unleashed in our lives is, uh, is seen in Mary's submission to the call to provide a way for God to work as he saw fit within her and through her. Certainly, God intervenes in the circumstances of our lives, but, but, but make sure when you're praying about the impossible situations in your life, you're asking for God's plans to succeed, not just how you think it should turn out. Many times, I think we accuse God. I know I've been guilty of it, accusing God of not coming through when what we had planned had never really been what God had planned. The call to provide is a call to submission to our amazing, loving, powerful God. It's a call to be willing to let God work within us and through us to bring Jesus to our world. Christmas is a, is a great time to see that God has a master plan for the world and for our lives as we fit into that plan. And it doesn't always make sense for us, but as we trust God and we follow his direction, his plans succeed. Have you ever uh, have you ever seen maybe you have them in your house I don't know that you see them in these castles and uh, these tapestries go ahead and show you know you got the big old uh, uh, just works of art I mean literally takes uh, hundreds and thousands of hours for for uh, artists and and uh, and people to, to weave these things and these uh, amazing uh, things you see them uh, in in Europe a lot or, or other places where where it's just this amazing picture uh, incredible artistry uh, people come and, and admire them. Um, but I don't know, maybe, maybe if you have one in your house, maybe you've done this, but have you ever looked at the backside of one of those things? Go ahead. It looks a little like that. Doesn't look all that pretty on the backside. You got a bunch of knots and a bunch of, I, I don't know, I, I ran across this quote, someone described it this way. We look at life from the backside of the tapestry and it's all loose ends, knots, and dangling threads that we see. But sometimes the divine light shines brightly through the tapestry and we get a glimpse of God's large design weaving the dark and light hues together. Sometimes all we see is those knots and pulls and loose ends and, and we wonder what in the world is God up to? How can this happen? I, I can't believe that this is, I, I've got to deal with, God, you've got to come through. And a lot of times those loose ends and knots and Dangling threads are the way that God is bringing his son into the world through you. For Mary, it had to have been difficult to see what God was, was, was going to do and how it was going to be possible uh, in her life to face all these impossibilities. But she trusted God's plan and she submitted to him. She answered the call to provide by saying yes to the impossible, by saying yes to the unimaginable. Mary provided a way for God to work in her life and through her life to 
the world in need. And so the question comes to each one of us. What about you? Are you willing to do the same? Are you willing to say yes to the plans of God in your life? Are you willing to submit to what may seem impossible or unimaginable? Answer the call of Christmas by providing a way for God to work within you and through you to bring Jesus to your world. Probably you're not going to be called to physically provide a home in your body for a baby like Mary was. But spiritually, spiritually, you and I are being called to provide God space to take up residence in our lives begin his work in us and then through us to the world where we live. The call of Christmas is a call to provide all of who you are for all of what God wants to do in the world.